0: Welcome back to another episode of Brood. I'm Adonis. I'm Bryce. I'm Jen. Uh, Yeah, and this is our new podcast. Bryce, you want to give the people just a little bit of a a description about what we talk about
1: here? Absolutely.
0: Our three friends gather around multiple types of coffee,
1: like experimenting, trying new things out, and talking about anything and everything
0: life has to offer to talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so we just wanted to, once again, give a big shout out to all of our listeners out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for commenting. Um, We love all that feedback, so make sure you guys keep it coming. Um, We hopefully have another uh, super fun episode in store for you guys today. Uh, Before we get into our main discussion, though, we're going to talk about the coffee that we're drinking. So. Um, today we went with something that I feel like is sort of a staple for any of you uh, Starbucks brew at home people. Uh, we have the Sumatra dark roast uh, from Starbucks. Um, it is an earthy and herbal blend uh, it's a single origin um, uh, whole bean Arabica coffee so yeah I feel like this is definitely one of like Starbucks go-to. Dark roast. It's definitely one of my yeah. favorites that I've had. It's, it's good. Arbaceous. I enjoy it a lot. Herbaceous. <laughs> is this
1: one herbaceous? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's what? earthy and herbal. Is herbaceous? Oh a yeah, being herbal? yeah, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> favorite. Her favorite word of the week still. Yeah. Um, what do we think about this uh, roast, guys? Uh,
1: so we did this roast as a pour over, and I've had this roast as a drip coffee. And with the drip coffee, I enjoyed a lot. We did it as a pour over, and I think we decided we measured things a little funky. Yes. So it kind of turned out a bit more bitter than I'm used to it tasting when I do it with the drip coffee. I think that came down to our measurements, not the coffee itself. Our, our so. conspiracy
2: theory is that the coffee companies are <laughs> trying to make <laughs> us use more ground so that we buy more. Listen, I'm going to throw this out there, nasty. too. If
0: anybody out there grinds and brews their own coffee at home and you have like a go-to measurement for yourself because there's like a ton of conflicting you know reports online so if you have one that you like please write in and let (laughs) us know because i would love to just have a basic measurement ratio to use to to brew coffee i
2: feel like everybody just puts in you know, just throws, oh, it, just in throws it in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: says that's there, there has to, to be go. like a correct yeah. ratio, right? Like, I mean,
1: we've found a couple correct rate. I mean, we watched that video where yeah. she has her own special measurements, one for the bean and for the water. Yeah, And then I know myself, I found what I like with dark roast when I do drip coffee, and that is like I'll do a tablespoon of grind with um, per cup of coffee mm. or a cup of water for the coffee. And then I'll add one more at the end. So I'll do one per and then add one. And that seems to be great. But then, of course, all the bags of coffee we ever see say you should do two tablespoons for a cup. But whenever I do that, yeah. it comes out bitter. And see, that's I don't a, but know. I
0: generally use the two tablespoons per cup when I'm brewing at home. But this doesn't taste like anything I've ever had. But we also did a weird like conversion <laughs> from like we didn't know how much water to use because we didn't weigh the water we just used the volume measurement i don't know it oh, ended up being a little bit of a mess system. oh yeah so we also had a conversation uh between ourselves earlier and we were talking a little bit about hot coffee versus iced coffee uh, jen actually brought up uh a little a distinction that you made about it you said hot coffee you put uh, you put it in a, in our messenger chat what did you say exactly you said iced coffee. I remember iced coffee gives me life is what the quote Because <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to brew it yeah. twice? Is that what you were saying?
2: Oh, well, that's why if you make it at home, like oh, okay. you would brew. A home brew of iced yeah. coffee. Okay. But what I meant was like warm coffee. I mean, hot coffee makes me feel warm. You know, I could have a chat with it. Mm.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> Auto meditates yeah. you, it, kind of just like soothes it's, you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Even though like the caffeine... Does the opposite I guess, but does that make sense? Like Yeah, it, I mean it something warm, It's like drinking a
1: warm connected uh, a warm like hot cocoa or anything warm it like puts you it soothes your body. Whereas yeah. if you drink something cold, it jump starts your system.
0: I exactly. mean, that's why yeah. you so drink the iced a nice coffee, cold beverage.
2: I get super hyper.
0: So are you saying like Warm coffee is for pleasure. Oh, yeah. Warm, coffee is so for warm
2: coffee, I would, when I have time, like when, I, when I'm when i going to sit here and talk to you guys, yeah, I'll, I'll taste the cup of coffee and enjoy it. But if I'm just like on the go or I'm going to start a shift, um, then I'm like, I just chug iced coffee. Love it.
1: Yeah, because it gives you that, that cold gives you the jump start. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as when you're taking a shower. When you take a cold shower, it's going to jump start your whole body. Versus taking a hot shower relaxes you and mm-hmm. soothes you. And
0: so. I've never thought about it that way. i that's interesting. But th- I guess that's mm-hmm. that applies. Yeah. I don't know. I generally always try to go for hot coffee, um, but I guess if I'm in a rush and I know I need to get the coffee down, I'll I'll go for something cold because I know I need the caffeine like right away. But yeah, if I'm just if I want to actually enjoy the coffee, I tend to go for hot coffee. Yeah. Because like I said uh, before, like I'm an Americano guy generally speaking, so like I don't even. I mean, iced Americanos are a thing. Yeah, but
2: I have them all the time.
0: Yeah, I just feel like American. When pumpkin spice
2: comes out, I'm gonna have a pumpkin spice Americano (laughs) with cream. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So, do you guys have a preference generally? Like, if you could only pick one for the rest of your life, would you be a Uh, hot coffee or a cold coffee? Hot coffee. I'd say iced. Really?
2: Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. mm, I feel like yeah, there's like it's basically the same thing. But if I'm gonna add sugar and fun things to it, I feel like ice is just better. Maybe I'm basic.
0: (laughs) You are the barista, so I guess you know you know more than we do. Um, I would go with hot too. Like I think I would go with hot. Something about like a hot cup of coffee Mm. just it has more appeal to me. Yeah, Yeah,
1: even in the summer, even though I'm not a fan of heat, like even in the summer, I will choose. A hot cup of coffee you know, versus older an iced people, coffee.
2: older people like hot
1: coffee.
0: Oh, yikes. <laughs> 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 no, well, I'm showing our age. <laughs> <Bryce>. <laughs> 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 the 30-year-olds uh, like their hot coffee. Let's uh, conduct
2: an experiment. Yes. You guys tell us what you like and your age.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Social security, bank card, <laughs> credit
2: card number. <laughs> Speaking
0: of which, though, we are going to put a poll up on the on the Instagram and the Facebook, so uh, we do want to hear if you guys prefer your coffee hot or iced. It might be that it's an age thing. Like that's a good point. I'll I didn't just, think about it that way. Yeah, maybe it is. Um, like
2: frappuccinos are children, Lott- <laughs> lattes are, are young adults, teens, um, and then hot just black coffee is old people.
0: You know, I had a frappuccino the other day, and I was like, I want not the other day. This was like two months ago. Last, uh-huh. um, I mean, every time has no meaning anymore. Um, so I was, and I was like, you know what? But I need like real caffeine. For some reason, every time I get a frappuccino, I'm like, there's no real coffee in this. Like, I need something that's actually coffee, even though I know that's not true. I'm sure the 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 base for it is a coffee based thing. Um, but I was like, I need some real coffee, so I got it, and I went in, and I was like, Hey, what can you do for me to give me like real coffee with this? And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, we can do a, a an A-fogato affogato shot where they pour the espresso shot on top of like the whipped cream, oh. and then it's like an actual es- an actual shot I of like espresso. That. In your coffee, sometimes you want that sugary drink. Sometimes yeah, you want I mean, like all those, but flavors. you also need the caffeine. So mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of, I'm kind of feeling both. And I was did it, it
2: liquidy or was it like perfect?
0: It mixed in really well. Like I nice. think the fact that it, that they did it and I like drank it right away. I, it's probably not something you could really get a lot of, a lot out of if you ordered it like you know, um, to drink later. Like oh the yeah, it would or, separate. Yeah. So I mean, when I make my
1: mm-hmm. smoothies in the morning, I'll sometimes I'll add. If I've already made coffee, I'll add the coffee that I just made oh, really? coffee into my smoothie. oh dang, I never heard of that but oh, yeah I mean I started I started seeing it like at
2: with at fruit
1: just with smoothie anything with yeah, <laughs> it just it depends I mean not mm, generally no unless it's only like one fruit like if it's a nothing but like fruits it's meant to be kind of like a citrusy or a tropical kind of smoothie, probably mm. not. there are definitely certain smoothies I put the coffee into. Um But, if but it's I like first
2: chocolatey. It, yeah, like. exactly. Okay. You would
1: definitely add it to that. And I started seeing it at other smoothie stores. I was like, oh, why don't I just do this at home? And so I started doing that, and it's mm. been fantastic. I, it. I don't do it
0: every morning, but sometimes Starbucks you can do the whole throw a banana in the in the uh-huh. coffee. It's, oh, that's interesting. In a frappuccino, in what a do frappuccino you th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's to crazy. Give you some more like I guess oomph substance. To it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it's funny, because I used to work at a Barnes & Noble Cafe, and we had actual smoothies. But then you go to a regular Starbucks. Because a Barnes & Noble Cafe, for those of you who don't know, they sell Starbucks coffee, but they're not, like, officially licensed Starbucks mm-hmm. stores. So, like, they have the Starbucks symbol and logo yeah. everywhere, but it's just, like, we well, serve they're, Starbucks they're coffee. they're
2: called licensed stores, I think, Because they have like the license to sell it, but they're not from corporate. Like they're not official.
0: They didn't. They're not official franchise. Yeah, they didn't take Starbucks gift cards. Uh You didn't get your points or your stars Mm -hmm. or whatever. So they literally just sold Starbucks coffee, and they had actual smoothies. And I know you you can't get an actual smoothie out of Starbucks, right? Like there's no protein. Not anymore. They used
2: sometimes like there's limited time things, or they used to have like a. Actual whey protein that we had for the chocolate and the strawberry smoothies, but those don't exist anymore. Yeah. But you can definitely add a banana to like a strawberries and cream. That's pretty crazy. That's
0: cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you can add anything you want to anything, but I I think sometimes it might be intimidating to order something that you don't know. Yeah.
0: Or that's not on the menu. You look at it like, oh, can I have this? Uh And I mean, really, what the, the worst they can say is no, and I feel like they would only say no. If they didn't have what you asked for, right? They're not gonna be like, or if no, they they didn't want to to make it. (laughs) If they were not in a good mood, they're like, "Eh, I don't really feel like making. No, we don't have it.
2: Exactly.
0: If you can, if you can imagine it, I feel like Starbucks can make it for you if they have what you need, right? I mean, Imagination.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I think it's easier for people to find, like, recipes on TikTok and just order it straight from what they see on there, yeah. which makes sense. That's cool. You guys can definitely look up yeah. secret menu stuff, and if we still have those syrups, we can definitely, like, make anything.
0: I feel like that would be annoying, though, to a certain extent. Like, if everybody came up with some weird drink that they wanted to be made and –
2: um maybe you would think that, but it's like uh a lot like every other person has their own like specific drink yeah. customization that they like. So we're kinda used to it. And when Fair I enough. say we, I am only speaking for myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice, we, save. nice save. Yeah. Um, cool, all right, guys. Um, we are going to go grab a refill and we'll be back with our main discussion. So, stick around and we'll be back. All right, guys, so today we are going to be having a discussion on mental health. Uh, May is officially Mental Health Awareness Month, so we wanted to make sure we had a discussion about this um, before the month was over. Um, so if you didn't know, uh, one out of four people suffer from some kind of mental health issue. Um, but even if you know, we haven't been clinically diagnosed with something, everyone has off days you know we all have bad days we all have days where we need to come home and unwind and maybe turn off the world so uh that's how we're going to get into the conversation we're just going to be talking about the ways that we do that the ways we sort of cope with any kind of bad day that we've had um so jen we'll go to you first um what's what's some coping mechanisms that you use to to even out
2: so my favorite thing to do is get enough sleep sleep is like really important to me um and another thing i like to do is journal do you guys journal
0: i don't i used to
1: but i don't anymore seldom Uh, occasionally i'll go through spurts but it's usually just here and there
2: i feel like it it can be hard sometimes because my thoughts are just racing and i want to you know, I'm trying to get everything down, and I'm like, what's the point of even doing it if I'm feeling it in the moment? But then when I actually get myself to sit down at the end of the night and journal out whatever it is I'm feeling, and I can look back on other days, I can see how much I've actually gotten better. That's really cool, though, because it sounds
0: like, like everything, well, at least the journaling part, that's something that helps you get those ideas out, you know, and get that sort of if, if you have a bad day to just get it out on paper and just, you know, be done with it. I'm more of the opposite side of that. If I have I if I have a really bad day, I tend to try to wanna just forget about it. So I'll like just dive into some sort of um like entertainment medium. Like mm-hmm. I, I go home the Office is something that I watch on rotation, so I'll just put on The Office, and I can just shut my brain off and, and just enjoy this show that I've been in love with for, for several years. Uh, Harry Potter, I'm a big Harry Potter nerd, so I'll just go home and uh, listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks or pick up a book and just and just sort of get lost in another world to sort of escape my problems for a little bit. You know, I feel like everybody needs an escape every now and again, and that's, yeah. that's generally, if I have a really bad day, it just really helps me sort of deal with with that, is to sort of get lost in another world.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, sleep is huge for me. If I'm having an off day, uh, that means my thinking is usually off, my emotions are off, and for me to recenter them, I need to just not think. And uh, I do love the escapism of reading and watching movies and shows, but... It's hard for me to focus on a book or TV or anything like that. Oh, really? Even if it's my favorite show or movie, it's hard for me to focus on that when I'm agitated inside. So mm. usually, if I working out and sleeping is kind of and making sure I focus extra hard on my nutrition, like making sure um, I'm eating and make I basically turn into autopilot in those days because i'm kind of i I know my triggers to off days okay and so i go into autopilot make sure i chug tons of water and make sure i eat healthy nothing but healthy foods that day and then i make myself go to sleep on time because usually the agitation will not let me sleep but i get myself to sleep somehow or some way i make Mm. sure i go to sleep at a good hour and get a lot of sleep because and then usually the next day i'm totally fine
2: Yeah, I put a lot of effort into trying to fall asleep well, and I feel, like, um, a little crazy sometimes because I just do all these, like, basically, like... um, Like, I, I... I put too much effort into actually trying to fall asleep. And I think it's because I I get very anxious. And mm. so my thoughts are just running, 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 running. Mm-hmm. I cannot, like, relax. And that's why I have to go through these um, small little habits of, like, okay, I'm going to drink tea, like, two hours before and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. But sometimes you do have to do those things so that... Um,
0: You're also someone you, I know subscribe to a lot of those like minute meditations and stuff like do those help when you're because i know you do those on like spotify and stuff or is that not something you you default to
2: oh um i do like so i haven't meditated in a long 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 time but Mm. i do have like headspace downloaded and i i use it just for sounds to go to sleep um
0: what's headspace
2: oh headspace is like a meditative app oh okay so you can you can like use it for anxiety or for um like grief or for like anything really um mm. you can learn more ab- about it by just sitting and relaxing with yourself or whatever is
1: oh um, it nice. music is it sounds
2: it's like it's a guided meditation so there's a man or a woman talking behind the Okay. The the sounds. Um, I, yeah, I love, I love like anything auditory to go to sleep um, or just any uh, to help me with anything. Yeah. Um, Have you guys heard of binaural beats?
0: No. They're just
2: like sounds, but they're at certain like. um, Oh, frequencies? mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I like that too. And, nice. um, but the, the, the sleep stuff that I listen to is, um, like just white noise basically most okay. of the time, or there's like power nap things that I use. Um, but anyways, I think like sleep is super important. Um, just to keep you like awake. <laughs> Wait, what's the word?
0: Alert. Like,
2: um, I don't know. because <laughs> when you, like whenever, like when things aren't in balance, you yeah. feel off, you know, mm-hmm.
0: like grounded. And is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. okay?
2: And um, like sleep
1: re-centers
0: you.
2: Yes. So that's that's what I try to I try to get, you know, the, a good sleep.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that we all you know had we all have methods that don't require other people. How do you how do you guys think other people play into sort of dealing with mental health issues? Are you guys People who rely on other people or are you more Um, I handle it by myself?
2: Well, I'm really introverted, but I definitely think that having like loved ones to support you or um, knowing that they're there helps a lot. I I always need to remind myself that I have those friends that I can text when I'm feeling like down, you know, yeah. because sometimes I really like isolate myself. And I think that's what I need um, because I'm a person that doesn't like necessarily get energy from others um people kind of tend to um like take a lot of m- my energy does that make sense like not in a bad way but like i i always want people to to feel noticed and stuff so oh, okay. sometimes when i want to focus you. yeah so when sh- i want to focus on me yeah
1: it doesn't feed you okay? yeah hmm. Hmm. yeah i About mean um For my off days, it really depends on what I'm feeling off about. Like if it's if I know it's about something specifically and I just don't want to think about it, or I need more perspective on it. Yeah, I kind of rely on people. Hmm. Um, I try to reach out to somebody. Uh, If I'm just feeling off and I have no idea why, and I can't figure it out or today's not the day to figure it out. Yeah. Then I go into autopilot mode because that helps me stay composed and centered for whatever I need to do for that day and make sure that I stay in my um I guess routine, making when sure I'm drinking what
2: When I hear autopilot, um like I kind of like pair it with something negative, but you mean mm. like it helps you like Yes,
1: because if I don't go into autopilot, then since I'm agitated and uh, then I'm more prone to negative reactions to things and to uh, lashing out. Hmm. And so if I'm not an autopilot and I choose to just feel agitated and try to process it that day when I'm around people or if I'm working or something like that mm-hmm. uh, if I'm, and I do just choose to try and feel all of it, I'm going to be, I'll probably be really negative and lash out at people. So I'd hmm. rather be an autopilot and handle my crap on my time.
2: Uh-huh. So you, you give yourself like that space.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. And so it's not about deflecting or, or hiding from myself. It's about composed, staying composed in the right environments so that I can handle it in a more proper environment where it's not going to affect other people negatively.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I I sort of when I I don't know I'm, I'm definitely not to, I'm definitely not the authority on like mental health issues because I grew up in an environment that you know we didn't ever really talk about mental health it wasn't like a part of the conversation when I was growing up um, so I I never really learned how to deal with it I think properly um, mm-hmm. we were talking earlier and I'm I'm definitely someone who compartmentalizes things so if something bad happens to me I'll just sort of put it away like I'll store it away in my brain and then I'll forget about it. And I don't think it's one of those things where, you know, every, some, at one day, everything's just going to come flooding back out. I just think I tend to try my hardest to just move on and move past it. Like I try not to let it bog me down. Um, Because that's really what I had to do. That's really what I had to do growing up. Like I grew up with, uh, there's five of us as far as me and my siblings go. My mom was a single mom. She worked two jobs pretty much all the time. So it was me and my brothers and sisters at home. And, you know, I, they weren't – we were We were always close, but I'm, I was never going to be, like, going up to them and be like, hey, I'm feeling a little depressed today or I'm having some anxiety issues. It was, no, come home, do your homework, you know, figure out what you're going to do for food later, and pretty much that's it. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So I never really – was able to sort of like like talk to anybody about it until I was an adult and I think that's a that's a big part of a lot of communities Jen you were just saying earlier today off of recording you your parents sort of had have a similar style of of dealing with mental health stuff. Yeah,
2: I think when you have to, you know, you have to survive. You have to get all your basic needs met, or you have to keep on going for others, for your children, for your, you know, your significant other, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And you have to keep going. You kind of don't have time to think about your emotions. And I, I think people should talk about their emotions more. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, It's hard to do sometimes because um, you know, people don't want to think about the sad of things. Like you were saying, you want to be, I guess, distracted, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's definitely good to have those things that make you happy. You know, I, mm-hmm. if there's a certain song and, you know, I just sit down with that song and I listen to it forever, I'm like happy or I'm watching BoJack and yeah. I'm super happy, um, it doesn't have very happy things <laughs> to happen in it but, but the distraction is good yeah it's yeah. And it's there
0: to take your mind off of your problems yeah yeah
2: but at the same time i think it's important for us to notice when someone around us is going through a hard time
0: yeah no definitely you know i'm th- i'm 30 years old so i think it's going to be it's harder for me to sort of open up to people i've never seen a therapist but i think therapy is important so I would love it if this generation, and it does seem like it's going that way already, is mm-hmm. more open to discussing their feelings and more open with saying, "Hey, I'm sad. I'm having a bad day. I j- I'm just gonna like not be on today. Like I- I'd rather take a day off than than to always have to put on a fake smile, go out there, you know, rub some dirt in your in your wound, and just keep going because that's not always the best yeah, way. That's not always the best route. Yeah. There's a time and a place route. for yeah. that kind of mentality. There's <clears throat> exactly. a
1: time and a place and Sometimes people, their time and place is every day. Sometimes you do, you are in a certain uh, place in your life where you do have to think that every day, but it's not, everybody thinks that you have to just rub dirt in the wound and yeah. keep moving, and you, you don't. Not everybody no. has to. Um,
0: and not all the time. Like, no one has to, no one should have to do that all the time. No.
1: Yeah,
2: it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I know that that's been been being used um, yeah, lately, said, yeah. which mm-hmm. I I love that because I think it gives people like a moment to think like, oh, like, you know, it, it might get better real soon. Yeah, and I can bring this up to someone else. But yeah, like you were saying, this generation, I yeah, I definitely think they're they're more open to talking mm-hmm. about it.
0: Because a lot of the times I feel like the whole like, and I can only speak for myself, like the compartmentalizing can manifest itself in a dangerous way. Like for me, it hasn't happened, like at least yet. Like I've never had an, an anxiety attack or I've never really had you know, a depressive episode. But I know for a lot of people who do compartmentalize, a lot of it does, you know, sort of overwhelm you eventually. And then that's when those really dark thoughts and feelings start to come up. And you're like, I'd rather, you know, do something drastic than have to deal with these issues. So yeah. I think the the more as a society, the more we come to sort of being understanding about, you know, people's mental health issues and, and about them, you know, dealing with their de- depression or anxiety, then you know, the more people will be able to sort of get away from that compartmentalizing practice. Because while I think it's working for me, I can't speak for everybody and I don't think it works for a lot of people. I, I personally know people who have had those, you know, pretty drastic depressive episodes from compartmentalizing. Um, so it's I'm, I'm really happy that we live in a society where it seems to be becoming more of the social norm to be able yeah. to talk about these things in an open forum. Um, we had a conversation about this a, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> about how social media has really oh, made that yeah. even more of a, an acceptable mm-hmm. thing, right? Like it's even more acceptable now to show your feelings and be emotional online yeah. mm-hmm. and would not you, be embarrassed.
2: Would you call that like oversharing? Your is it like there's like, an extreme?
1: There be yeah, something? there's an extreme version of social media, but I think yeah. overall. Yeah, um, I
0: think if you rely yourself to be dependent on it, like if you rely yourself to be like, "Oh, I need five likes on this post that uh, I made," yeah. in order otherwise, to yeah. resolve
1: this, or yeah. in order to,
0: otherwise, nobody cares about. Yeah, me. when you're looking
1: yeah. to it for validation, that's yeah. a little bit uh, relying on it for validation. I think that's different. Yeah, but overall, social media um, definitely allows that outlet. And
2: you know what else I see a lot of? Um, it's kind of learning to love yourself Mm -hmm. that those kind of posts oh yeah Um, yeah i i really love that because i think that's like the heart of it um a lot of um a lot of things that happen well at least to me Mm -hmm. you know i i could feel that maybe it's if i had those um had those feelings of self-love earlier, mm. then maybe maybe some things would be different. I don't, like, regret anything or, like, you know, I love where I'm at in life right now. Mm-hmm. But I think that I'm a person that has gone through some things where I feel like um, maybe those decisions that I made, um, you know, they were harder for me because of my anxiety or because I, like was self-sabotaging myself mm-hmm. like um
0: like you didn't see your own worth like you
2: yeah so yeah. then maybe I would think that maybe I don't really deserve something mm. and I would just not go after it or I would like procrastinate yeah. going yeah. after it you know what I mean
0: yeah no I I've definitely struggled with struggled with that myself um mm. about like just not feeling like you're worthy of something and then by not feeling like you're worthy of it, then you don't even attempt to exactly. to achieve it. And then you just end up being in the same spot forever.
2: Yeah, I'm always um, like, am I just lazy or like what's wrong with yeah. me? You know, like,
0: why even, even try?
1: Like feeling like it have to prove your worthiness. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Do, you, do you guys have any like... I know this is a personal question, so feel free to ignore it if you want to. But <laughs> is there anything like specific that you've dealt with like in the past that you think could... uh help someone else out there?
1: I mean, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, uh, <laughs> I, um, I know for me, uh, I go through bouts of depression, and it's gotten, um, I mean, lack of a better word, better over the years. Mm. Uh, it's not something that just, you know, it's gone forever. or goes no, away. Yeah. But you... um for me it was very important to learn my triggers and be very self-aware of when I was, or when I do go into depression Mm. or, um, uh, cause once I started focusing on triggers and triggers are for me were things, uh, well, maybe not (laughs) triggers, but, uh, signs. That's, I think that's the word I meant was signs, signs that I'm going into depression, Uh, Being aware of that, to know that I'm about to be in certain moods, and uh, Mm. because in the end, like you're, you know, you're going to be a certain way, but there's no, uh, there's still no excusing your behavior if you're going to use that as a crutch. Mm. For me, I never wanted it to, um, to affect my day-to-day living. So it.
2: How do you feel it coming? Like, how do you prepare for it?
1: I just know it's coming. So I go and I think what I was trying to say there. I know I kind of trailed off. Was uh, that's uh, I also handle not just my off days with the autopilot, but I tend to handle my depression with a type of autopilot. And autopilot for me does not mean I'm ignoring everything mm. and I'm okay. completely going numb. For me, autopilot does not equate to numb, which I know is pretty much synonymous sort of with autopilot. But for me, it doesn't mean being numb. It just means Trying to stay neutral mm. and trying to, and um, in, in my case, push down the agitation or anger or self-hatred uh, and then handling it on a term later. Like, n- not pushing it down with the intent of keeping it hidden, but pushing it down with the intent. And intent is important here. Uh, I kind of do that. Yeah, I think. pushing it down with the intent of knowing that I need to look at this later. Hmm. But uh, that's how I push things down.
2: It's not something that I consciously do. I, I it's all, sort of like an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you have. Um, if you have an accident and then you feel that adrenaline rush yeah, and yeah, like yeah. not dealing mm. with what is um, hurting you at the moment because you just don't, I see. Okay. You, you don't yeah. realize it. Yeah. And and that's how I've, I've been a lot of times. Um, something chaotic will happen and then I just get in this um, like I'm a. I'm a brave person yeah. and I just go through it. And then there's I, a point that comes. Yeah, I call that
1: crisis mode. So for oh, me, yeah. so a lot of my examples and things to do with that, I'm, I'm a huge workaholic, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I've learned to kind of balance that out uh, over the years. But so a lot of my stories and experiences deal with work. Um, but I, uh, I handle crises very well because I'll get into the situations, uh, where I need to, um, I need to step up like this is a this is a moment that's very important for me to be composed to get through this situation. I'll tough up and I'll get through the situation. And then, but I'll but I know that I have to look at those emotions later. I have to look at the situation later. It's when you go into crisis mode over and over and over and go through those stresses and be be the tough person over and over and over, without looking back and reflecting and, and, and looking at those situations that you just went through, that's when they sneak up on you and build up on you, and then you don't realize that you've been becoming someone um, unintentfully. Hmm. And so it's good. If that's your personality and you can like kind of jump into what I call crisis mode and like tough up and get through the situation and solve it and get through it, that's good. Be that person. But be that person... And reflect back on what you just did. Like, see it as an accompl—look at it as an accomplishment, or look at it as that really sucked, or look at it as uh, something. Because once I started doing that, that completely changed how I go through my depression. Because sometimes I'll go through that—I go through adrenaline, or when I was in my young twenties, I used to have um, megalomania, where I'd get into super highs. Hmm. I would just get really. I would feel like the world just is it's my like my oyster to put a cliche saying out there, but I mean it's it's mine. Like this is like this is my world. I can do anything. I can legitimately do and I could I would feel that way. You like know, there's no consequence. But I, then I knew, I learned later that I would crash. that yeah. if I was in megalomania mode, then I knew within one to two or you know days, I would crash so hard and I wouldn't come back to neutral I would be diving down 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 and I would be at my darkest and then I knew I was gonna sit in that darkness for a week at least and I then think... I could neutral neutralize back out and those were the worst and that's when I started learning I needed to find my triggers I needed to find out how to get through uh, my depression because depression for me is a lot of apathy a lot of not caring and a lot of self-hatred and that's when I learned autopilot. That's when I learned, okay, what are my basic needs when I'm in this mood? What do I need to prepare for myself when I get into this mood? So maybe I'll prep certain meals for my upcoming you know, mood or whatever, and I'll, I'll make sure I have a water bottles next to me the entire time because I know what I need to stay healthy because the, the more healthy or the more I take care of myself during that time, the faster uh, my mind will kind of but reset itself. how do you itself. get
2: that energy to even want to do that? You know.
1: Um, it, well, it's for me. It becomes muscle memory. Like you, ho- we have to m- make yourself do it. And I'm trying to remember my starting point because my starting point, I think, was more my mom helping me oh, determine right. what those feelings were, and because yeah. she was going through. She's been going through the same things that I've been going through. She's been doing it her whole life, but she didn't start to understand it until around the same time I did. She's about 20 years older than me, but she didn't get to process her emotions and things until I started learning at 20. Well, she was, was 20 years older than me, so she was learning at the same time I was and was telling me through her experiences that you need to take care of yourself. That is the most important thing to get through any of that and to handle any of that. So that's, that's the most important thing. And she would tell me things that she did, and I would create those habits. And eventually, those are just muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I don't even think ab- have to think about it anymore. I'll wake up if I know I'm gonna get depression. I'll wake up. I know I'm gonna be apathetic. I know I'm gonna have like these bad feelings, but my body's already moving to the kitchen for a water bottle. My mm-hmm. body's already pulling out bread to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich because I don't want to make anything complicated. I find simple things that yeah. I can do. I very think it's very simple good things to
2: have like a preparation like that. Um, I don't even. I think I'm barely learning like how to even um, take care of myself. But
0: I. I mean, but you do right. I mean, you're yeah. You, you, otherwise, little, you wouldn't yeah. be here. That, like, I think know? that's why
2: I brought up like sleep, general yeah. thing yeah. that everybody needs. But yeah. I, you know, I'm like okay, gotta get more sleep because for like three months I was only sleeping like four hours, five hours, six hours a night. And then I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. That yeah. doesn't let me th- think um, clearly, yeah. you know? That I, and that's what I need to stay positive. But yeah. Like so structure,
0: like, like, like routine, do you think uh, that would help? or No, no?
2: it's not even like, it, it's not the same every night, um, but okay. it's just knowing that I need rest gotcha. because I'm just someone that thinks I always have to be productive, And it also comes from school, because I was, like, really good in school, and I would, like, nonstop do homework nonstop, like, uh, you know, I had really good grades and stuff, and now, like, I don't go to school, so um, Mm. I'm always, like, wanting to do things, like, to, I don't even know, because I don't have to do anything, I guess. But, I I mean,
0: if it helps you with, you know, with keeping yourself stable, then... Why not? Like, why...
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying is that I should learn to take those moments to be like, okay, you got to go to sleep like that, I see. you know? I Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'll I have a question, Jen. Okay. And I don't know if you have an answer or not, but um, do you have... Because as we're talking, I'm looking back and I'm noticing kind of something, but do you have... Um, Like, throughout your different kind of bouts of anxiety and depression, have you noticed it change from... Like, overall? Like, overall? Like, each time, Um, does it change? Is it a different form of anxiety or depression? Is it a... Does it become lighter or heavier during certain anxieties or depressions, or... Does that question make sense? Maybe I need to explain Uh, where I'm coming from first.
2: A little.
1: Okay.
2: I don't know. So f- so more. for me, so <laughs> as we've been talking
1: about this, I was just kind of reflecting a little bit and I uh, noticed that for me, depression has changed a lot over the past decade. Uh, so when I was a teenager, I had a lot of anger issues. I'd bottle everything up,
2: um, me too.
1: and uh, then I learned that was a huge problem. and then I started to become aware of certain things That's one of my mom started telling me, Uh, that's when we started talking more about depression and that kind of thing and what she goes through. And then, um, and so back then for me, depression was, yeah, it was the result of a crash from megalomania, but for me, depression felt heavy. I mean, it felt like the weight of everything was on top of me and it was a lot of self hatred and angry. It was a self hatred and angry depression. Uh, And so it was just a lot of agitated turmoil of emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, But over the course of time, as I learned different triggers, I learned different um, mechanisms to help me get through it and to figure it out, it's changed a lot. So now when I feel depression, it's not... I don't feel that anger anymore. I don't Mm. feel that turmoil. For me, it's just this... Um, kind of
2: gloominess. I feel,
1: yeah, gloominess is the best word because it's not gloomy. a sadness; it's just the yeah. gloominess, and it's this lack of. I know it's coming. It's when like, I wake why, up. why am I here? And gloominess, uh, kind of like, it, like everything's pointless. Mm-hmm. But it's not a heavy feeling. Like it's those are just, those are just kind of basic emotions that are what my depression yeah. are now. But they're they're lighter. There's That's so much. I know it's they're not a turmoil
2: because I wake up and I feel like. Bleh like weird like like if you wake up from a you know when you get a, a nap that's too long and yeah <laughs> you feel yeah, weird. yeah that that's groggy gross get, feeling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so has it changed
1: like coming. for me it's gone from a heavy um, hard thing to get through to now it's this lighter it's still a thing in my life and it still hurts and sucks to go through but it's a lot lighter now it's instead of dark clouds it's light clouds yeah. um, if that makes sense like it's li- a lighter gray hmm
2: yeah, I definitely felt depression in, like, my, you know, earlier, earlier 20s. Um, and I know I'm 25. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it's not even, like, a, the big difference. But, um, yeah, I definitely felt a lot more angered that I couldn't express. So it would just get bottled up, and I think that's where it came from. Um, and now... I don't know. I think I've gotten a lot better, which is good. But obviously, there's there's going to be moments where um, everything just feels like it's it's too much, mm-hmm. you know. But as far as like it being different, I don't know. I haven't really noticed or tried to pay attention to it. I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah I I because I I hear about this and I you know I've 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 known people obviously who have had depressive episodes and you know who deal with it on a regular basis and. I for me, I've never experienced anything like that. My issue that I recently realized is is its own form of of mental health issue is that where is I feel like depression and anxiety is like an overwhelming amount of emotion. Sometimes for me, I feel like I have an overwhelming lack of emotion. Sometimes I just don't care about. Things that I should care about, like it's hard for me to be happy sometimes. Even when there are situations present themselves that I should be happy about, or I get, or people are like, "Oh, you should be excited about this," and I'm kind of just like, "Oh, it is what it is." Or don't
2: you think that that is actually depression?
0: I don't know because I'm not like no, because I'm not like. You know, I'm not like sad. I'm just not happy, and like I don't, I don't feel sadness. See, it's right. Funny. I don't like, necessarily I don't.
2: think that depression means
0: sadness. No, I, I agree. But I just I feel oh, like okay. when you're you guys talk about it, like it affects your ability to do oh, things. Okay, I've okay, never okay, experienced okay. that. I've never been like I just want to lay in bed all day because I don't feel like I don't have the energy or I don't have the apathy to not want to do things. I've always been able to to get up and get going. But for me, it's just like if I if I someone tells me a really sad story, and I'm just like, oh man. And sometimes I have to put on a front with it. I have to be like,
1: like I I need to be emotional. Yeah, like I need to, you know, I have to
0: tell my brain, oh, this is where you're supposed to be emotional.
1: It's interesting that you talk about that because part of my journey through getting uh, processing my emotions and uh, going through all that and trying to not go through megalomania, which I haven't experienced at all almost anymore in the last probably five or six years but Mm. um so i don't experience that crash or that high was to neutralize those emotions Mm. to a point where there was a good few years uh, two or three years probably where i felt that way where Mm. i knew that that was the emotion that was going on Mm -hmm. and i could even see it inside of me but i wasn't Feeling it, but but I was intentionally doing that because I knew whenever I experienced an emotion really strongly, yeah, and let it kind of, you know, take over my body, yeah. I I knew in the past that that sent me into, I would be like a kind of not addicted to it, but I, I would soak it all in. I would let my body soak mm. it all in, and that would shoot me off to like this buzz, to like this high, yeah. Whatever emotion it was, it didn't matter what emotion, I'd shoot up into megalomania, and then. I knew a couple of days later. Like as soon as I knew, I could tell I was a megalomania because of my jitteriness yeah. and my like overactive eccentricity. Yeah, and uh, and I would just completely crash and go down. So I spent a couple of years trying to maintain a neutral standpoint. And yeah. so the way you just described. That is exactly what I intentionally tried to do. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's, it's that's really interesting that you. Yeah. That's just kind of
0: because I've known I've known someone with bipolar disorder, and like mm-hmm. I, it was like the opposite of me. Like he had really high highs and really low lows, and he couldn't control mm-hmm. when they would pop up. For me, like I like I mean. We're being vulnerable this episode, so like it was after my mom passed away that I felt like everything for me in my head it was like the worst thing that could have happened to me has happened to me, so nothing else is gonna have an emotional register on me, and it's really it's persisted throughout my life. And I thought, you know, when it when it first happened and I first started noticing it, I was like, well, it'll it'll go away, like I'll I'll regain my ability to emote um but I it really has never really come back fully like i think i'm better now but it's never really come back completely and i mean most people who know me like they're like oh you're just always super chill and it's like yeah and i am and i and I, I do think that that's a positive thing but not all the time but <laughs> it's like you know if i because i do sometimes want to feel some kind of extreme emotion like yeah either. and I, but it's just really hard for me to mm-hmm. get there um and, yeah, it's just something that I've I've recently just started to realize, like, oh, this may not be a great thing. And I don't want to be, like, super, uh, like, dramatic or whatever. But I think of, like, if, let's say I have a kid, you know, like, I wouldn't be in the, like, in the hospital room, like, being, elated. yeah, like, elated, like, this is a little version of me. But in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to care? Or is it just going to be, like, another thing that happens to me that day? Like, obviously, I'm going to care about my child, but am I going to care yeah. about the moment, no. you know? Mm-hmm. so then that's always sort of worried me and like i can't there's not there's nothing i can do to fix it i don't think like i maybe maybe i should go to therapy um but <laughs> that's the point of the <laughs> conversation is uh, uh speaking it, of that oh i'm so sorry go ahead. i was
2: gonna say i think it's so hard a lot of people might not even notice that yeah. they have things that they feel that they i don't know like everybody goes through things uh and um Yeah, I just think that maybe if we did have someone to talk to, we would kind of understand like why we do certain things or um, why we put ourselves in certain situations. It's true
0: because like my boss, my boss at work would always. Every time I get a performance review, it's always I can always count on you to be you know reliable and even headed about everything. Like no matter if you're getting yelled at by a guest, like I always know you're gonna be like you know chill about it. And I was like, yeah. And she sees that as a positive thing but in my head I'm like well you know sometimes I would like to get upset <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but and again like that it seems like you know I'm complaining about a nothing problem but that's all that I have to go off of um there is a conversation though that I've that I've seen online and I've heard people talk about and I want to get your guys' opinion on it and Thank you. It's something that I I can't find a, a through line on people who are a pro or against it. So, how do you guys feel about medicating when it comes to mental health issues and and depression and anxiety and other mental disorders? Like, do you guys feel like medication is the right way to go, or do you feel like you should try to figure your stuff out without having to de- without having to be dependent on? A pharmaceutical.
2: I definitely think that some people need it and because it, it's all, it, it's in your brain, you mm-hmm. know? It's, sometimes it's literally just a chemical imbalance in, yeah. in and mm-hmm. um, these things can help you, like, kind of um, get, yeah, yeah, and uh, and, um, you know, I don't know too much about it. I know that certain medications can make people kind of feel off, you mm-hmm. know, like not feel like themselves, which yeah. really sucks and is really sad. Um, but if, if that can help people, then I definitely think that they should try it. Um, mm. but I also like think that therapy is really good and like having those, um, like, certain things you do to, you know, like, self-care. Yeah, yeah. 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 I definitely
1: believe it's based off of severity because I know okay. when I first started in my journey of figuring myself out um, with depression and everything, I I was definitely very against medication. And at first it was just a general thought. It was a general wall I put up, and it was a stigma I even put out there um, and felt... I I don't remember why I felt that way. I think it was just ignorant teenager young adult thinking uh, and uh, and I wanted to be able to get through it on my own. I believed in willpower and that it's yes, it all stems in the brain, but it's my brain mm. and if it's if it's loose and can get like that, then I can also get through it myself. Like I don't uh, and my big thing was I am not always gonna have money for medication. Mm. And what am I going to do when I don't have my medication? Just, Mm -hmm. you know, run rampant and feel like garbage until I get money again? I can't. uh, That wasn't okay to me personally. Um, And then I also, for some reason, just had that stigma that medication was bad. But later on, I I learned um, throughout my early 20s that some people just need it. It's very important. Like, it depends on your severity. That's kind of when I also learned that, one, certain personalities, I think, can handle it. Uh, learn about it in uh, on their own and handle it on their own but uh, some personalities can't and also it depends on the severity mm-hmm. um, for me I learned that that just meant I probably just didn't have it as severely as others and um, that and that helped that alone put things into perspective for me like there's different levels of it and of course and things so I, I I'm for it if you need it definitely yeah. I think I think a,
0: a big part of the argument comes down to people being against things. Changing. To be dependent on, yeah. Or, yeah. or even that, like, to be like, you shouldn't trade one thing. You shouldn't be relying on something to help you with something else. Like yeah, dependency. and I think that was
1: my, I think that was my thinking <clears throat> yeah. back then. And that still is my thinking for myself yeah. personally. But I let that thinking turn into a stigma, and mm. then, then that's not good. So you yeah. can be willful, and you can be um, proud. You know, go, go through yourself, through your journey on your own, so you don't have to be reliant on anything. Mm-hmm. But if that's not you there's no one should be judging you for that. And you no. should not feel judged. You should yeah. definitely seek what help it is that you need. Yeah, you should not. Yeah. Other
0: people's opinion of what you do should not be the deterrent in you not doing that thing. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that sounds confusing, but if you, if you think something's going to help you and you you truly believe that, you know, then I think then that's the help. That's you, the help you, you need. You need. To go like, don't worry about other people's opinion of mm-hmm. you for doing that. Um, I mean, that could be a dangerous statement. Um, but i feel like i feel like we've got a solid discussion here guys right yeah. you know uh, this is definitely again another one of those discussions that we'll probably revisit at some point in the future yeah. because there's just it's so very, much to break down yeah. yeah but um i think this is a good place to to stop for now um yeah you guys want to grab a refill and then we will come back with some uh, recommendations Absolutely. all right we'll be back All right, uh, we are back. Uh, we are going to do Brewer's Choice before we head out of the studio today. Uh, Brewer's Choice is just going to be our recommendations uh, they can be anything. Uh, they can be books, movies, uh, songs, whatever. Um, just things that we're going to recommend you guys based on our conversation today. So uh, let's jump into it, Jennifer. What is your recommendation today?
2: I want to recommend the YouTube channel, The School of Life. Okay. And I always send you guys videos of them because I think they really helped, like me, with the whole like introspective part.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. For sure.
1: I want to recommend a video game that I just finished about a month ago. I believe I've probably mentioned it to you guys. I know I have. Uh, But it's called Hellblade. And even if you just watch a playthrough of it, it's, I think, max seven or eight hours. Just watch it in hour increments, however you want to do it. But it is um, about this character that is going through, uh, that has psychosis, which is a lot of hallucinations, uh, delusions, uh, hears a lot of voices, and it dives very appropriately into it and the company who made the game made they did a lot of research talked to people with psychosis and what they feel what they need they did hours and there's videos and videos of the research they did and it's really interesting and their whole goal was to create an experience that was uh, one telling a fantasy story and two not uh, treating mental health with the care that it should have and Mm. so uh and definitely listen to it with headphones uh because uh it's really raw so Mm. i will give that disclaimer and the game even has a disclaimer so i mean the voices bounce around between headphones and it's very interesting but Mm.
0: what's the name of it one more time uh, hellblade hellblade cool um i'm gonna actually recommend a phone app Uh, i'm gonna go with uh reddit Because I feel like a lot of the times what brings on depressive episodes and anxiety is feeling alone. And I feel like sometimes if you have, you know, something that you're super interested in, but you don't have friends that are interested in it, uh, that can definitely make you feel alone. And I think on Reddit, there is a place for everyone. Surprisingly, it's a pretty welcoming community. Um, Obviously, you have your internet trolls on there that, that try to to start drama but the reddit community in general is is the kind of community that will shoot down those trolls pretty pretty quickly so um if you have interest and you want to meet like-minded people who share those interests i think reddit is a great app uh millions probably of subreddits to choose from Mm -hmm. so uh yeah if you're feeling alone and you need some some friends i think that's a great place to go and meet new people to talk about the things that you like 100% agree with that all right, guys, but that is going to wrap up our show today. As always, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you guys want to send us an email, you should definitely do that by writing into Brood broodconvos at gmail.com. That's B-R-E-W-E-D-C-O-N-V-O-S at gmail.com.
2: And you can also check out our Instagram and Facebook at Brood Podcast.
1: And be sure to look us up on Twitter at Brood Convos.
0: Alright guys, thank you so much for listening again. Uh, Signing out, I'm Adonis. I'm Bryce.
2: And I'm Jen. Bye guys.
0: Bye. Bye. As you begin to develop
1: and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control
0: of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is Easy, produced by CJ Beats. Our outro music is Destiny, produced by James Berkeley. Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Schip.